Stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. You know, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where to start. Um, there was a chance I, I got offered, and uh, after 35 years of radio in the last uh, 10, and 10 years on Sirius, I had this huge uh, list of contacts, press contacts for all kinds of national organizations uh, against gun violence. I mean, there isn't anything I don't have a contact for, a press contact. Um, it's a little more difficult to get them now that I'm not on Sirius uh, XM. So that was a, um, I guess, a more popular, recognized national show. They would jump on that. But I've been, you know, I can get uh, experts when I need them for this place or representatives, uh, as you know, if you've been listening for the last couple of months or years. Um, so uh, there were experts offered um, to me, to other 
radio people to press people to media people about um, experts on gun control from basically, uh, you know, um, advocates of gun control, liberal organizations, most of the places I subscribe to. And I'm thinking, you know, what what is it? <laughs> what will we learn from this person? I mean, I'm glad there are experts, and I'm glad that a lot of these places also uh, lobby. They don't just have experts and accumulate information, which they then, you know, tell everybody about. These places also have um, lobbying wings, lobbying, uh, you know, sections, divisions, and they have lawyers, and they uh, bring lawsuits, and they um, try to get Congress people to introduce bills. And uh, but we all know that, don't we? Do we all know that? We, I mean, should I have had somebody? Maybe I should. Should I have had somebody come on here? And um, I mean, is there anybody listening who either live? How many people listen live? I wonder. I think it's mostly eighty percent people listen later on on the podcast. But is there anybody listening? And it would be nice. And an issue like this, which concerns—I mean, not that other issues don't. But an issue like this, which is so immediate, and it's about life and death, and concerns all of us, I, uh, I sometimes miss people calling up, which you don't get in uh, the podcast era too much, as much as, you, as much as I used to on live radio, um, on other stations. But if there's anybody listening who wants to call, uh, feel free to call us up. Uh, where's our call-in number? If you have an opinion about this, I would love to hear it. Live, uh, 888-874-4888. 888-874-4888. That's the number to call. Uh, feel free to interrupt me if you want. Um, yeah, I guess I could have had an expert on. But is there anybody uh, who's listening to me doesn't know about this long list, uh, this horrible list of mass shootings, which is getting worse and worse as time goes on. Worse and worse as time goes on. Uh, why? I guess that uh, maybe the, the culture, the society is becoming more insane. Certainly there are more guns around. And there are more guns that make it easier for people to kill other people. More than there used to be. Um, the Second Amendment... Should we talk about the Second Amendment? Who's <laughs> I doubt if there's anybody listening to me also after all the years I've been on the radio and uh, expressing my opinion and having other people express their opinions, experts and politicians and everything. There's probably nobody listening to me who is an um, um, anti-gun control person. There's probably nobody. I mean, there might be people listening to me who own guns. That's possible. Um, and once upon a time in my life, I owned guns. I had a couple of guns. I had uh, a couple of different pistols. I had um, rifles that I used uh, upstate, you know, since I live in New York City, you know, walk around with guns. Unless, of course, you uh, have a license to carry one for some special reason. I don't know, you've been robbed, you're a business person, you've been robbed a few times, uh, you need to carry one, or maybe you have uh, a store where you've been held up a couple of times so maybe you get a license to have one on the premises certainly if you're a police officer you carry a gun but other and then um, of course there are i don't know who knows what there are tens of thousands maybe there's 100,000 illegal guns in uh, in New York City belonging to people who probably shouldn't have them and some people have guns for uh, home protection and I've told this story many times. I had a gun. Once I had a pistol that uh, people broke into my house in the middle of the night and um, armed in their own way. One with a crowbar. The other one had some kind of 
piece of wood, and uh, maybe I would have been killed if I didn't have a gun. Pointed at him, told him I was going to shoot them. Who knows, right? I don't know. Some people, so people have guns for protecting their homes, uh, protecting their families. I uh, don't know what the statistics are about how effective that is. But meanwhile, no experts today, no experts. I, and um, what are the main themes here? What are the main themes? I mean, so, so we all know, we don't need the experts to list for us Sandy Hook up in uh, Connecticut where 26 people were killed by a lunatic with uh, guns he shouldn't have had and never should have been allowed to have, uh, 20 little children, right? And six teachers were killed. And uh, 40, I was at 40 people killed down in Orlando, Florida. I don't want to get into the lists. There's lists and lists and lists. Yesterday, yesterday, just yesterday in New York City, and there are shootings. And I mean, the bigger the city, the more the shootings there are, although they're down in some places, maybe up in others. But uh, a construction worker who had been fired last week killed his foreman on the construction job uh, here in Midtown Manhattan and uh, then killed himself. Guns, guns everywhere. Guns everywhere. Um, there have been people who pointed out over the many years I've been on the radio where I talked about guns and gun control, and people who, uh, this is why I mentioned being on um, Sirius XM. I used to have listeners call up from out west and down south a lot. And um, uh, they were uh, gun advocates, and they were anti-gun control. They had uh, no interest in any kind of gun control. And uh, they were big, big, passionate supporters of the Second Amendment. To them, the Second Amendment... Uh, the right to bear arms, which is a complicated amendment and antique by now. Um, some of those amendments don't get old. They're eternal, like the First Amendment. But to, to a lot of these gun people, the Second Amendment was uh, a religious thing. It was more important to them than the First Amendment. They defended uh, and would defend uh, to the death with their guns, I guess, and their automatic weapons and their silencers and whatever, and their cannons that they have. They would defend to their, to their deaths the right to carry guns more than they would defend to their death the right to free speech. Now, anybody who's got any brains at all, you know, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't insult them like that, but anybody who really has any understanding of what a democracy could be, what the essence of it is, um, understands that if you don't have the right to say what you want within certain minor limits, you know, the old don't cry, you know, fire, don't yell fire in a crowded theater, uh, don't, you know, deliberately get on uh, the radio or in the newspaper or someplace and actually slander and libel people, say things about people that are incredibly harmful and just plain not true. I mean, you can't, there are certain things you can't say. Well, we all sort of understand that as a civilized society. Well, can't even call that anymore. I wouldn't call America a civilized society. I'd call it as a society. Let's just let's let's leave off the adjective. But um, otherwise, if you can't express your opinion, especially about uh, you know the government and what the government does, then you have no democracy. Any kind of incursion on freedom of speech is a nail in the coffin of democracy. And there's been more and more. And also, I think what goes along with that, I think, is an invasion of privacy by the government. The government now, uh, I mean, everybody is, everybody is into your stuff. Everybody. Facebook, uh, Google, the Russians. But our own government spending 
tens of billions of dollars over the last 10, 20 years. Doesn't matter who the, what the administration is or who the president is on spying on people. There's nothing that you say anywhere, anytime, especially if you type it on the internet that isn't um, investigated or they're not aware of. You know, you hit a certain keystroke. Um, uh, the, uh, the last few weeks, I've been looking for stuff. I like to keep um, my computer sort of fades out and turns off by itself unless there's some active thing on, like a radio station or um, something else. And I like to have certain things on in the background. Because I've traveled a couple of times to the Middle East way back in the day, 30, 40 years ago, to visit my father who lived there, um, I was always, and even aside from that, even before that and later on, I was always attracted by something. There's something about Arab music and chanting, you know, uh, Jewish music, Arab music, uh, music from the Middle East. There's something about that that attracts me. I just, it affects me in my gut somewhere. And of course, it's all the same stuff. It doesn't matter who they're praying to. Yahweh, Allah, same thing, right? But it's the music, the, be- the beauty of the music, the awe, the wonder. And uh, I found a couple of places where um, there is uh, chanting or recitation of the Quran. <laughs> if you've ever heard that, and you've ever heard anybody do that in, in, a, in a sort of artistic way, in a passionate way, it's really beautiful. So and I put that on in the background, right? Do I imagine that they're not aware of that? They are not aware of that? I mean, <laughs> what will happen one day when, uh, when the foot really comes down, when there is actually a dictatorship? Hopefully I won't be around then. But um, it's trending, to use a certain social uh, media uh, word. It's trending that way. Democracy is trending away from us, and uh, centralization and dictatorship is trending right towards us, and you can see it. And everything, even unwittingly, aids that. Facebook, Google, everything that is, uh, Amazon, you know, everything that you do, everything you're aware of, every time you use your phone, every time you even look at your phone, does your phone have a camera? Who knows who's looking at who, right? Is this paranoia? Not anymore. Not anymore. Um... So every time you use a computer or use your phone, which is almost all the time for almost everybody these days, uh, the possibility exists and possibly even the probability exists that um, some huge entity uh, like Google, like Amazon, um, uh, you know, like Facebook, like the government, all of whom are becoming the same, are aware of what you're, what you're saying and doing. Where did I deviate? Did I go off someplace here? The guns, the guns, the guns, the guns. So there are people, there are millions and millions of people in this country. And I used to hear from them sometimes. They'd call in or write emails to me telling me um, how important it is, how, uh, you know, this is what our, our democracy was founded on. This is what our, the founders, uh, we wouldn't even have a government without the right to bear arms. True in its own way, you know, obviously, if the, uh, the rebels, if the revolutionaries, if the original founders and the original people in the 13 colonies didn't rise up and then form an army with their own guns, um, I don't think muskets were issued. And people had muskets then. They had pistols, but most of them had muskets. I don't think muskets were issued um, by uh, the army. People brought their muskets, at least originally. So people, uh, it was important that everybody in the colonies 
had a musket. Well, they used them for the for a living. They used them for protection against uh, the Indians at the time, which is all other subject. And they used them to hunt. Did not use them for target. I doubt if they used them for target practice. I mean, maybe the powder in the shot was too expensive. And uh, but they had to have a musket to survive. Um, in the cities, they didn't need muskets so much. But um, uh, so you know, that's all. That's always been an issue. Like you know, the city versus the country, the rule. But if 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 American colonists didn't have muskets, didn't have guns, uh, there wouldn't have been a successful revolution. And the British, all of whom were armed by uh, the government uh, and their mercenaries and the British soldiers, um, would have just uh, murdered everybody, uh, slaughtered everybody. There would have been no contest. Yes, guns, very important, very important. But guns in the United States, guns in America, way too important, way too important. Far, far into, the, into the red zone of craziness. And um, so the Second Amendment, I don't know. People want, people want to protect their right to carry guns. But now it's extended to the point where people are so nuts. And uh, unfortunately, you've got the National Rifle Association, uh, a huge uh, lobbying group, a huge uh, national organization, very, very powerful, as everybody understands, who have um, dozens of Congress people in their hip pocket and... Um, Mm, who knows how many, 10, 20 at least senators who wouldn't dare go against them. Why? Because these people are bribed by the NRA and by the power of the NRA to not pass absolutely necessary gun control legislation and not to, uh, not to interfere in any way with people's ownership of guns. And there's too many fucking guns in the country. Everybody has got a gun in some places. Uh, I was listening to some uh, idiot uh, senator, I forget his name now, some sleazy bastard that they're interviewing on TV. And um, you could see that look in their eyes. Most, <laughs> most of these senators, especially the Republicans and some of the, Demo and some of the Democrats, they have that, that politician look in their eye where they just don't uh, emanate the slightest bit of honesty. There is not this, you I mean, when you talk to people, the people that you know, or people you see interviewed, you know, uh, uh, you can tell. Uh, and people you meet, sometimes you meet people in a place like, uh, you say, well, that person, um, they seem dishonest to me. These people carry dishonesty to a kind of psychopathology. They have perfected a way of looking at you and smiling and saying something or not saying something, which is extraordinary. So here's this sleazy senator from Oklahoma, a Republican, I forget his name. Although there are some Democratic senators and Congress people who uh, are cowardly about gun control because they wouldn't have their jobs otherwise. It's not just the NRA as some kind of abstract organization, which it's not. It's a national organization, which is very active. It's their constituents. The constituents of uh, people in many, many states, I don't know what, 20, 25 states, more, um, want their guns. They resent anybody telling them what to do about their guns. No, nothing. No, no limitations whatsoever. So this guy, is, uh, one thing, he, he said this and he said that. He was asked about gun, tr gun control and he said, um, he said, uh, well, that's something we have to investigate. No, uh, we don't have to investigate it anymore. We know, we know. 
uh, one of his own colleagues, I forget the guy's name, was almost murdered in a, in a suburb of Washington by some idiot, a Democratic guy who uh, hated Republicans. He shot them when they were at a baseball practice game. Anyhow, this guy says, I live in Oklahoma. There are 4 million people in Oklahoma, and uh, I know that there are 8 million guns there. 4 million people, 8 million guns? <laughs> Why? What is the point? I had this whole plan today for, uh, for a show with different topics. I don't even know whether I'll get to them or uh, whether uh, there will even be time for them. But um, um, I don't know. And then there's another guy. This, is, this one really stuck out. Uh, here's another sleazy, dishonest, son-of-a-bitch politician. Senator John Thune, Republican of South Dakota. Uh, here's, an, here's a little piece of an article. On Tuesday, responded to calls for increased gun control after the massacre in Las Vegas by telling reporters that shooting victims had a responsibility to protect themselves from gunfire. There you go. Let's not limit guns or the amount of guns or the kind of guns or how deadly they are. Um, the victim is responsible. The potential victim is responsible. It's not the people who shoot other people who are responsible. It's not people who sell them the guns. It's not people in Congress who don't protect us against all these crazy guns and gun owners. It's not them. They're not at fault. He said shooting victims had a responsibility to protect themselves from gunfire. So that's what you have to do. Forget about any limitations on guns of any kind. Wherever you go, whatever you do, it's your problem. It's your problem. If you're going to be shot, that's your problem. If you get shot, that's your bad luck and it's your problem. You didn't protect yourself sufficiently. This son of a bitch, this asshole, John Thune, T-H-U-N-E. He says, uh, it sounds like the shooter used conversion kits. Yeah, it sounds like it. He did. And other things you know to make the weapons more lethal, Thune reportedly told uh, MSNBC's Hallie Jackson, reportedly, I don't know, maybe he didn't, but I heard, I heard interviews that were just like this. And Senator Thune has been around a while, and you can imagine, in South Dakota, I think there's fewer people in South Dakota, or maybe Wyoming is the one, maybe there's 600,000 people that live in South Dakota, or 400,000 people. Of course, they have two senators, just like California and Florida and New York, uh, each, of, uh, each of which states has um, something like 15, 16, 18 million people, they have two senators each. South Dakota gets two senators, too, one of whom is Thune. I don't know who the other one is. Does that seem right? No, it doesn't. Anyhow, anyhow, Thune reportedly told MSNBC's Hallie Jackson, we'll look at the facts when we get them all in here. <laughs> He's not going to look at any facts. The man... If he came out against any kind of weapons in any way, ownership or kinds of weapons, he'd be out of a job. So he's a dishonest uh, bastard. I think a lot of us want to do everything we can to prevent tragedies like that from happening again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Thune shied away from the topic of gun control, arguing, quote, it's an open society and it's hard to prevent anything. Well, that's the truth. That's the truth. So let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's have everything. Let's have slavery again. It's hard to prevent these things. Let's have mass rape. It's hard to prevent anything, so let's not. Let's not pass any laws. Let's not have any rules. That's the way it looks anyhow. Um, anyhow, the Republican senator offered advice to potential victims. This is what gets me. I think people are going to have to take steps in their own lives to take precautions, he, he said. 
to protect themselves. And in situations like that, he meant this massacre, you know, try to stay safe. <laughs> try to, is he, what is, does he have a wife? Does he have children? Does anybody he know, would anybody he know go to a concert like that, a country music concert? I mean, is he a human being? Try to stay safe. As somebody said, get small. This is what a couple of them are saying. This is something a few of them are saying. That they say, get small. What they mean is, you know, flop, flop down on the ground and curl yourself into a ball. How it, that's not going to protect people, especially when somebody is shooting at them from uh, whatever it was, the 37th or the 32nd floor, shooting down on them. They could get as small as they want. Get small. How small do the Republicans in Congress want us to get? I think they want us to get so small that we're the size of roaches and they can step on us. That we could get really small. Let's all get small for Senator Thune and all the other sons of bitches in Congress that don't do anything about gun control, including this, uh, this crazy, idiotic, dishonest, weirdo, insensitive president that we have. Um, he went out to Las Vegas and uh, he... Um, wait, there, let me just send these. When, when the... Um, when the founders of the country, and this is part of the endless debate about weapons, when the founders of the country passed this, um, added this amendment to the Constitution that, uh, uh, I, I should have printed it out and brought it in, the exact words are interesting, but uh, so that uh, there was an available militia, that is to say, if there was, that, that uh, because the colonists got together and were able to form, you know, units and militias and ultimately be part of the uh, the army, um, they, um, you know, the, and beat the British. Uh, this was extended to the Second Amendment, and um, uh, it said that an order so that people could form militias on sort of a, you know, a, a timely basis to fight any kind of invasion from, let's say, the British again or from, um, or from, uh, from any other foreign uh, power or even from our own central government to protect themselves, and this is what uh, a lot of the Second Amendment people cite all the time, uh, that people, that Americans have the right to bear arms, to form a militia to fight against, basically, incursion by a larger, more powerful group. Not to carry everywhere, anytime they want, and have any kind of gun. And, furthermore, when they passed this law, what people had... Uh, 90% of what people had were muskets. Big, heavy, bulky things that took a long time to load. If this guy on the 30-whatever uh, floor it was, uh, Paddock, Stephen Paddock, uh, had a musket, or even if he had 30, 23 muskets, he had 23 guns. 23 guns. He had a total of over 30 guns that he owned. The man had 30 guns. He had hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Well, he had 30 guns. How could a guy have 30 guns? Forget about the fact that he was never arrested, never on a terrorist list, appeared to be, according to gun shop owners, a very nice individual, perhaps charming. What's the point? Shouldn't there be a limit on how many guns people are allowed to buy? Now, if you start asking people questions, then you wander into um, privacy and freedoms. You do. I mean, somebody goes into a gun shop, if it's legal to buy a gun and wants to buy a gun, a pistol or a rifle, uh, you don't ask them. They come back six more times. They go to four more gun shops in three different states and have 33 guns. No. 
there's no point to it. You might begin to think that there's something wrong there. I think there should be a limit on how many guns anybody owns. Right away, that's impinging on the Second Amendment. But these people, the founders, uh, at the time, people had muskets. That's what they had. Now people have um, uh, semi-automatic and automatic weapons. And it's very easy, uh, extremely easy, for anybody to buy one of these. um, And it's legal to buy these things called bump stocks, which you can put on a semi-automatic rifle and make it an automatic rifle, basically into a machine gun with an extremely rapid rate of fire, which is what this lunatic had. And it's what he used to kill all these people. Everybody's searching for the motive. Uh, There's not going to be a motive. Maybe they'll find one. And what if they do find one? What if he had a grudge? What if it was um, something wrong with his brain? His father was um, a dangerous criminal. He was armed and dangerous. He was a bank robber. And um, he had guns. I mean, I don't know. I mean, to what extent is this stuff inherited? This guy was 64 years old. He spent his life collecting guns. Maybe he shot them for a target practice, but he didn't have a criminal record. He wasn't, quote-unquote, a terrorist. I don't know. But uh, so the original uh, found the founders and the people who created the Second Amendment, the Constitution and the Second Amendment, uh, were talking about muskets. They had no uh, conception. Nobody could have dreamed it would be science fiction. They wouldn't have understood that somebody... Uh, eventually would be able to pick up a gun and uh, instead of firing one musket ball every whatever it was, every um, 40 seconds, minute, you know, that um, they, could, they could pick up a gun and fire um, 90 bullets out of this gun in, um, in a couple of seconds, right? Or, you know, in 30 seconds. They couldn't have imagined that. They would never heard of something called silencers. There's laws in Congress um, that um, there's a law that's been introduced to uh, permit uh, not to not to forbid silencers anymore. Silencers are against the law in almost every state, maybe in every state. Maybe it's a national law. Silencers are against the law. People assume that a silencer is basically going to be used by somebody for nefarious purposes by a criminal. Uh, silences are available to criminals. Silencers are usually uh, used by criminals or uh, spies, the FBI, the CIA. I don't know who uses silencers, but it's not something that somebody needs to own personally. Now there's laws, and now we have the Republican-controlled Congress. Now there's laws to permit uh, anybody to buy a silencer at any time. Um, Where does this all end? I don't know. I don't know where this all ends. And uh, I was watching, um, and then... President Trump, I hate to say President Trump, the two words together really bothers me, but Trump goes out there with his robotic wife, and she stands there with that grim look on her face wherever he goes, and uh, what is she thinking? I don't know. I would love to hear what her private thoughts about everything are. She drags her around all over the place. She doesn't seem to want to be there. Anyhow, he goes out there in Las Vegas, and he says... um, he says, we look forward to the day when, this, uh, when we will triumph over this evil, when we will erase this evil. Evil? It's always the lone gunman. That's what all these uh, gun advocate places talk about. Well, you can't stop one lunatic from flipping out and doing all this. Can't stop him. I guess that's true. And it could happen anywhere, and it does happen anywhere all over the earth. And it can happen with any kind of weapon. You can't stop them. You can't stop them. 
but so that that's their excuse. That's their rationale for not um, for not uh, limiting uh, the amount of weapons that a person can own. Who can own one? Anybody, as far as they're concerned, can own one. They have something called a terrorist watch list. But uh, there's plenty of people who are completely out of their minds and who have criminal records who buy guns all over the place at gun shows and even in gun shops. There should be national registries of these things. Yeah, it's true. I understand that once you start having a national registry or centralizing something, then you run the risk of it going too far. This can happen, and it has happened in our government over the last 20, 30, 40 years that they have too much power, that they incur, there are incursions on our rights. Freedom of speech, everything else, freedom of privacy, everything. And you really have to watch out for it. It's the job. It's the everyday job of democracy. But because you can't, they always talk about the lone gunman, right? You know what? In a way, there are no lone gunmen. There's no lone gunman. We're, we're all in this together. There's something that binds every one of these guys uh, who has shot people, who has flipped out, or planned. This guy planned all this. Why? We don't know. It would be, I guess, because you're, inter- you're a human being, you're interested in human nature, it would be interesting to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know why he did this. It's a mystery to me, and it's a mystery to everybody else, and everybody looks for the, cor- looks for the, um, for the motive. And also, it, there's something in all of us, if somebody, if they see a reason, even if it's an irrational even if it's irrational, if they see a reason or some irrational motive, it makes sense. People desperately want to make sense of why this guy did this. So he's a lone gunman, and that's what all these Republican senators and all the gun people and all the NRA, all these people say. He's a lone gunman, um, he, um, and you can't, pre- you can't prevent those people from hurting people, right? But you can prevent them from owning uh, more than, let's say, I don't know, two guns. And, uh, oh, another one is this Oklahoma senator who was interviewed. He said, uh, he said uh, there's 8 million guns in my state. And he said, uh, as far as uh, semi-automatic weapons, which he understands, and they all understand perfectly well, can be converted into, um, into uh, automatic weapons. But, you know, semi-automatic pistols, which have huge magazines, boom, 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 boom. Did you ever shoot one of those things? I did. <laughs> I owned, a, I owned uh, two different semi-automatic pistols back in the days— uh, when I uh, was uh, still a teenager, which I still am actually, but an active teenager, which lasted in, uh, until my, I was in my uh, 30s. Back in those days, until my kids got uh, too big, uh, got to be too old and too big, I took the guns out of my closet, which they were stored way up high, unloaded, and sold them to somebody. At that point, they were illegal. I've had legal guns because I was a probation officer. I didn't have a, a license for a gun. But I had legal guns uh, when I was a probation officer in New York State, New York City probation officer. But um, so this guy says, uh, you know, this is the one who says there's four million people in Oklahoma and eight million guns. Somebody asked him about, well, why do people need uh, semi-automatic weapons? Or uh, he says, well, you know, they're sports, they're sportsmen, sportsmen, men. (laughs) Why is it always men? I know women like to shoot, too, out in some of these places. But 99% of the men, 99% of the people who own guns and multiple guns and powerful guns and all this ammunition, armor, piercings, silencers, it's a men. Why is it always men? Are men inherently more attracted to violence than women? Is it in their uh, genetic makeup? Maybe it is. Men go way, way, way back. Men, prehistory, men did the hunting. 
because they were bigger and stronger and I guess more prone to using violence than women. Women are not as violent as men. They're just not. And that's the way it is. So this guy says, well, people want uh, these uh, semi-automatic pistols or semi-automatic um, uh, rifles uh, for uh, sport, you know, for target practice. He understands that most people would find it, uh, even people who are willing to let it pass sometimes, would find it a little bizarre and absurd to claim that people need semi-automatic weapons to hunt. <laughs> you, know, what, why, you know, why not just take an M16 out? You want to kill a deer? Uh, you want to kill a bear? Or I, mean, I guess they're, you know, maybe they're uh, protected uh, even from these lunatics. You want to go out and kill a deer, right? Um, uh, why not just uh, issue everybody, every hunter with an, an M16? And, uh, and so the deer isn't aware of what's going on or doesn't hear the first shot or other shots. Give everybody silencers. Silenced M16s or whatever the most modern version is. It's betray my age here. I'm sure there are advances even uh, to other weapons. AR-15, you know, military-style weapons. Give everybody and, and, and make them automatic. Sell everybody automatic weapons. And then they can have lots of fun blasting targets apart. And when they go hunting, they can, uh, they can shred an animal to pieces with an automatic weapon. Oh, well, enough of this crap. I mean, I don't know what there is to be done about it. Uh, people have been killed. Children have been killed. People are killed every day. 520 multiple or mass shootings in the last year. I don't know what's going to come of it. And but the president goes out there and he says, uh, we have to do something about this evil. We have to do something about this evil. What evil? The evil is the unconscious and conscious collaboration of the entire society and its lawmakers, and including this particular president. Uh, what's, if anything is evil, that's evil. It's this unconscious and conscious collaboration to allow people in America to, um, to own and use guns. Uh, there is no place in the world except places where everybody looks at and says, oh, these people are, uh, look at them, they're uh, Islamic terrorists, they're out of their minds. These societies where, where there are these civil wars, where, there are, where everybody's armed and everybody's killing everybody with automatic weapons and blowing each other up all the time. Everybody, you know, that's one of those kind of places. But there is no country except for those places, it's true, where this stuff goes on that has anything like the love of guns and the love of murder and violence is the United States. And it's all part of this military culture, this military culture, too. We used to have in this country an anti-military culture, an anti-military culture. People understood that the army worked for the people. Now it's getting scarily sort of the other way around. Now that there's no volunteer army and uh, now that we have all different kinds of secret special units and now we're in 149 different countries and now that the police in, uh, in every uh, large town and small city and big city are being armed by surplus military weapons, now uh, we have the feeling, and if you watch all these movies and all these TV shows, all these heroes, SEAL Team 6, SEAL Team 12, you know, SEAL this, SEAL that. Uh, FBI, CIA, every all these movies and all these TV shows, there are big ads. I was coming down here on the um, uh, on Broadway on the side of the bus. Uh, there is yet another large banner posted there about another TV show, which shows uh, it could be men, could be women, holding automatic weapons everywhere you look on TV shows and movies. There is a glamour. There is an attraction. 
uh, all these um, all these uh, video games, all these single shooter, lone gunmen. It's all the same thing. We're all part of it. We're all in the same boat here. We're all in the same boat. It's part of it. And the president goes out there. He's part of it, too. What is the evil? The evil is, um, I don't really know if I understood what uh, Hannah Arendt meant when she said the banality of evil. The banality of evil. When she was describing, um, you know, um, uh, the, um, the Nazis and especially the bureaucrats, uh, you know, who were planning the murder of millions of Jews. And they just look like plain little old bureaucrats, the banality of evil. I don't know. But there is certain something about the commonplace of accepting the fact. America is, uh, I know a guy who's from Georgia, not the state of Georgia, but from, you know, over there near Ukraine, Georgia. And um, he is astounded when he sees these things. I was sitting there with this guy the other day uh, watching some of the baseball playoff games. I was watching the baseball playoff games. Uh, that's postseason now. And I'm in mourning because the baseball season is, not, is going to disappear soon. It's over, actually, the regular season. And I, uh, I got, I'm addicted to baseball. I've, I've watched all the games that I could possibly watch. Part of that is because I love to watch baseball even though they're smothering it with statistics and turning it into a robot game or trying to. Um, the, uh, but that's a subject for another whole show, how, they're, how, um, how advertisers and, uh, and computer people and statistics people <clears throat> and the money people are actually replacing human behavior with statistics. Uh, that's another subject. But I'm watching the playoff games, and one of them, I forget what it was. Um, the other it was the first um, wild card game um, the other day. Uh, maybe it was between, I don't know, was it the Yankees and um, who was it? The Yankees and the Indians? No. It was the, no, it was the Yankees in Minnesota. That's right. It was the Yankees in Minnesota. And um, they had, and then there was another one was just like it. They go out, before the game starts, out on the field, uh, they ask for a moment of silence. That's, what, that's what's going to solve this, by the way. The president will go out and denounce evil. He will shake hands with the survivors, uh, with the relatives, some of the survivors of, the, of this mass shooting, and some of the relatives. He'll shake hands with them. His wife will give their, her cold smile and shake their hands, too. He will denounce it. And uh, Congress will stand up and have a moment of silence. That's not going to solve anything. Forget the moments of silence. Silence is not needed now. Talk and action. Action is needed now to change these laws. So I'm watching a baseball game, and I'm watching it with this guy, and he doesn't understand American culture that well. You know, he doesn't understand it that well, but he sees the shootings, and he understands that in most places in the world, there's nothing like this, right? These random, crazy mass murders and this huge ownership of guns and advertisement for guns and TV shows with guns on them and movies with guns. How many guns go off every second in this in this country, not just actual guns, but uh, very real-seeming guns in video games and movies and TV shows. How many guns are going off? How many bodies are dropping? How many heads are exploding? Tens of thousands every minute that we're sitting here, all day long, 24 hours a day. It's a crazy, violent country, right? So I'm looking at the game, and before the game opens up, um, they have a military honor guard out there. They have the soldiers, the sailors, the Marines, the Air Force. Uh, they have uh, cops everywhere. 
uh, you know, with their dress uniforms on. And then they have, you know, they have the, um, <clears throat> God bless them, they have the firemen out there, they have the cops out there, they have the EMI people, emergency EMS people, they're all out there, and they're holding, everybody's got a flag. Everybody's waving a flag. And these cops and the firemen and the emergency medical people next to the honor guard who are carrying more flags and carrying rifles, of course, um, uh, they're carrying a gigantic, they're holding in the middle of the field, in the outfield, a gigantic American flag, absolutely gigantic American flag. And it's in the shape of America. I think, is that desecration of the flag? Anyhow, the American flag has been, it's in the shape of the United States of America, right? Looks like the map of the United States of America from above. And they're holding this. And then somebody comes out <clears throat> and sings the Star Spangled Banner. It may have been also that somebody asked for a moment of silence um, for the people who were killed in Las Vegas and for uh, their grieving survivors. Uh, it's the, the motive, it's good-hearted, right? But in a funny way, it's not going to, not only is that not going to solve anything, that everybody in the stands got this, um, this, uh, you know, this very serious look on their faces. And I'm, who am I to judge what other people's feelings are, right? Everybody in the stands got this serious look on their faces. And they're holding up this giant flag, and they're playing the Star Spangled Banner, and there's a moment of silence, and let's remember uh, the people who were killed in Las Vegas. And um, then the game goes on. And there's not only is that not solving anything, although people want to express their feelings somehow. I mean, you want to... You want to see, say how sorry you are for people and how bad you feel. Uh, and you feel hopeless and you feel helpless, especially since your government is not doing a damn thing to prevent this happening to you or your children. I mean, everybody must walk around. I can't even imagine what it's like in Afghanistan or in the Middle East and places where every time you pick up the newspaper or watch TV, somebody, innocent, men, women, children, somebody's being blown up or murdered or shot to death. How do they even keep their sanity at all in these places? I don't know. But now, more and more people in this country are, are frightened. I mean, you think, well, I'm not going to go anywhere where there's a crowd. I'm not going to go anywhere at all. Stay inside, right? Anyhow, so all these people are celebrating at the game. Maybe they mean well. I guess they do mean well. And, um, but not only does that not help, it actually hurts uh, progress, it, it impedes progress towards solving the problem because people think that if they hold up the flag and they have their moment of silence and they feel a feeling of sympathy and, um, and uh, trying to understand the pain of other people for a moment and uh, um, then somebody else says, of course, uh, the fact that we're playing this game uh, is just uh, uh, it shows the American spirit that even though we've uh, experienced this tragedy, we're able to go forward and, um, and what? Amuse ourselves, enjoy ourselves. I'm not saying don't play the game. I'm just saying it, people, if people think that that solves anything, going out, uh, the president going out there and saying we have, to, we have to eliminate evil, none of this solves anything. Only passing laws that forbid people to have automatic weapons, to make automatic weapons, to even have semi-automatic Why does anybody need a semi-automatic weapon? What for? So you can't shoot it at a target. So what? That's all right. So you can't shoot it at a target. All right. Next, we go on. I'm really, you know, pissed off about this. I had a whole other show uh, worked out uh, here, but um, <laughs> it's obviously it's not happening. All these uh, notes about things. Um, 
I think um, I'll just end it with all that, with my uh, diatribe here. If you want to get in touch with me and express your opinion, uh, you might try doing it live, since it's a live show on the air. I would uh, love to hear from you. But since uh, that doesn't appear to be in the cards, I still would love to hear from you. So uh, you go and want to get in touch with me, go to the Fader Files. That's my website, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S.com, FaderFiles.com. And uh, you can contact me and get on my mailing list there. And you can check out what other, other things I do, poetry I've written, photography, other things that I've done uh, on my website, FaderFiles.com. Last thing today, my wife is up in Maine, has been up in Maine. She comes back today. And she's been visiting her family uh, when she's, uh, and I realize when she's not around, I mean, uh, I miss her so terribly. I mean, I miss her terribly. I can't wait till she gets back. And I realize even more than I realize uh, usually, although I should realize it and say it more, and I try, how much I love her when she's not around. It's hard for me to love anybody, but I love her, that's for sure. Uh, why don't we go to... Um, Fortune and Men's Eyes. It's way down on the list there. And uh, we'll go out with that and Hands on the Wheel. See that down on the list? Yeah, let's go to that now. Okay, I'll see you next week. When in disgrace with Fortune and Men's Eyes, I, all alone, beweep my outcast state and trouble deaf heaven with my bootless cries and look upon myself and curse my fate. Wishing me like to one more rich in hope. Featured like him, like him with friends possessed. Desiring this man's art and that man's scope. With what I most enjoy, contented least. Yet in these thoughts, myself almost despising, Haply I think on thee. And then my state, like to the lark, Break of day arising from sullen earth Sings hymns at heaven's gate. For thy sweet love remembered such wealth brings That then I scorn to change my state with kings. At a time when this world just seemed to be spinning and really out of control, there were some believers, deceivers, the few in between us who seemed to have no place they could go home. Same old song Just riding your own Living is just something you're going to No place to hide I fell into your eyes And I found myself in you Look to the stars, Lord, and roar to the bars Till my life had gone up and so 
With my hands on the wheel There's something I know is real I know that I'm headed home In the shade of an old Down by the river You see an old man And a boy They're setting sails They're spinning tails He's probably telling him About some whales Laughing with a lady That they enjoy Yeah, it's the same damn tune It's the man in the moon It's the way that I feel Since I found you Cause I had no place I could hide I looked into your eyes And I found myself in you I looked to stars I busted up some bars I saw my life as a joke But with my hands on the wheel Something that's so real I know that I'm headed home Okay, maybe uh, maybe love is the antidote to almost everything, but not just love. It has to be action. Action has to be taken. But uh, love is something we all need, obviously. Anyhow, um, that's it for this week. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you next week. Somewhere down the road away, 
just glad to be here, happy to feel that. And it don't matter if you're by my side. 